from the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, this is Dive Deep. We dive deep into our Catholic faith along with Father Chris House. He's our Chancellor of the Diocese, Rector of the Cathedral, Amber Servany. I am Andrew Hansen, Impossible Whopper. That's what we're talking about tonight. Of course, we're going to Lent too. That's kind of the hook. But we brought some Impossible Whoppers here. If you're listening, you'll have to just... There you go. You can hear it. We're going to taste test it. We're going to go around here because the Impossible Whopper... At Burger King, we're not promoting Burger King in any way, but it's a meatless Whopper. Before we get to that, Father House Rock and the Carnigan. Thank you. The unofficial wardrobe of priests, I feel like. All you guys, you a lot of you guys just rock the Carnigan. No. Cardigan is timeless. It's always in style. <laughs> just like us, you know. <laughs> All right, so uh, so I want to go around the table. So we're going to talk, talk about Lent today, and we're going to talk about the Impossible Whopper. Can you eat, eat the Impossible Whopper? Because it has no meat in it, but is that kind of like cheating? So first things first, I'm going to take a stab at it first. I'm really intrigued by it. Uh, first of all, it, it, the patty looks fake. I'll say that. It looks, it looks like, like a veggie burger. Yeah, it looks it's something's kind of messed up. Yeah. It tastes like a Whopper. You know, now I'm getting that second, that aftertaste. I don't know if I'm feeling it anymore. I, I now don't want to taste it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all right. Um, you guys just take a stab at it. So I don't, you know. So you think, Father House, you know, Impossible Whopper, Meatless Fridays. This just kind of sounds like cheating to me. If if you're gonna, you know, come or like impossible to finish, right? It, it is the it idea is, of it being. It is pretty you know. big. Um, that does not taste like a hamburger. So you think it doesn't taste no. like meat? No. No. Okay. I don't. I mean, the charred thing is there. Other house, you're, outside lo- that. you're looking at like you're pretty suspect on it. Yeah. Feeling it? I mean, it's edible. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, what do you expect, though? I mean, it's a so it's a fast food hamburger or, right, so, well, or whatever it is. All right, so Imp- Impossible Whopper. There's there's no beef to some in it. Some people, it's a poison bomb with everything that goes into it. I don't what know. do you think is in it? That's another question. No, it's, it's, it's all veggie stuff. Um, so this is hilarious. I mean, Impossible Whoppers. Can can we eat this during Lent on Fridays, or does that feel like cheating to you? Well, there's the... Because you're getting the taste of the beef. This is kind of like... There's the letter of the law and there's the spirit of the law. Now, technically, if there's no... Because I guess what gives it the taste is... is Heme, I think, is the name of the protein that they isolated. So heme is what gives meat the meat taste. And so they've isolated that protein and they've put it into this with whatever this is made of, vegetable compound or whatever. So... So technically, uh, if it's can. not meat, although if they're cooking it on the same grill and you're getting a meat residue on it, then it's kind of mm, like, you know, it's like, oh, I had my salad on Friday, but there were bacon bits. I'm like, well, that's meat. <laughs> well, if it's real bacon bits, I don't know. This is the problem. We're getting way too synthetic in life with stuff, but that's neither here nor there. But This seems like cheating to me. Well, that's my whole thing. Does it fulfill the letter of the law? Yeah. If there's no uh, meat in it, but then there's the spirit of the law. And so that's the whole, and that's my personal issue with a lot of things during Lent is that we fulfill the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law gets violated. The whole notion of going out for elaborate seafood meals on Fridays of Lent or gorging yourself at a fish fry, <laughs> that's not really the motivation behind the season of Lent. I mean, does it fulfill the letter? Yeah. But is that really, I mean, and it's, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like that's a little bit me. I'm not. I'm not a huge meat person. Like my favorite pizza is mushroom and black olives. So great. That's what I'm gonna have on Fridays. And it's not really the sacrifice of anything. It's, the more I eat it, the more I'm feeling it, though. Really? Well, if you didn't tell me what it was, I think I was just eating a. You feel like you're in a burger. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely. Yeah. It. It doesn't taste exactly. I, I feel like there is a, there is a taste. You're like, mm, if you're told this is not a Whopper, you're like, yeah, something something just doesn't taste. But it tastes pretty darn close. But I'm with you, Father House and Amber. It's, uh, I think we all get caught in it. Come Friday, I'm with you. I love cheese pizza. It's like, well, it's not a sacrifice for me on Friday. I'll just order a cheese pizza. Um, but this kind of gets into the whole thing of what is Lent truly about as we are about to embark on uh, in this Lenten journey. So, Father, how spell that? How, how what should be our mindset? What should I know you want to take another bite of that Whopper, but I'm asking you a I'm question. Hungry. <laughs> it's so what what should we be doing for Lent? How should we be preparing? What should Fridays look like? Well, I mean, and that's there's no cookie cutter approach to that, really. But the, the whole idea of Lent, you know, Lent is not about suffering. So people think that that's it's like, not that's the, well, no, it's, I mean, people think that's the Catholic church's favorite thing to peddle is people suffering and it's, that's not the case. So <laughs> the idea is it's about sacrifice because sacrifice across all religious boundaries from ancient times was understood as a way of being in communication in relationship with the divine. So it's about sacrifice. So the key tenets of Lent, prayer, fasting, almsgiving. So yes, sacrifice is involved. It could be sacrifice of time by increasing prayer. Of course, we have the regulations of Friday, anybody who's 14 years of age and older on all the Fridays of Lent, which includes Good Friday as well as Ash Wednesday. You have to abstain from meat. And then all those who are 18 to 59 have to fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. The challenge is, and the whole thing about you know fish and meat, and because that always comes up. Well, why can you have fish, but you can't have this or that? Well, in Latin, the word is talked about carne for flesh. That's used for more land dwelling animals and for birds, not so much for fish. Also, meat, animals on the land, the birds were always seen more as exotic or more um, festive food. It used to be back in the day. Anybody could eat fish. Anyone could take a line and go to a stream, a river, a lake, and pull out a fish and eat. You couldn't do that with beef or pork or chicken necessarily. So we have these older customs that in the modern day, this is one of those things you could really have an argument that it's a time to reexamine maybe what our practice is because— Because my, my Protestant friends have said, fish is meat, Andrew. Fish is meat. Well, for us, it's not, though. Yeah, and then you're starting this technic- technicality war uh, between the two of them. It's, it's it's a little hard to defend because, yeah, if you were going to go specific, fish is meat. But you mentioned the, more of the tradition of it. It's a, it's, a, it's a common food back in the day. Jesus also says, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. But not everybody believes that either. So <laughs> It's so, true. true. So then it leads us to impossible whoppers. You just get a bunch of those on Friday now, I guess. <laughs> well, I guess, but I mean... Yeah. yeah, you're not feeling it anymore. Well, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's it's better than starving. I mean, it's just, I mean, we're just, yeah, I mean, great. So then if it's better than starving, then it goes back to being something that qualifies to eat on a Friday. <laughs> well, there's other things you could eat, though, too. I mean, you could have a simple meal. You could eat simply. It's just, I mean, I'm not a fish person. I'm not a cheese pizza person. So, I mean, so, I mean, for me, my choices on Fridays during Lent are limited at the same time. That's no, that's really, that's no real sacrifice, truth be told. So where did this give, offering up meat 
come from? Because again, I, I think of my Protestant friends, they say, it kind of sounds like you guys just made this up all of a sudden out of thin air. But, hey, there's Lent, no meat on Fridays. Well, the whole, re- the, the, the actual tradition, which is still around, which a lot of Catholics don't know about. So I'm going to spoil something for some people, but actually it's about bringing you into the light of truth. So <laughs> here um, it comes. Well, it's associated with Friday. Friday, by tradition, we believe that Jesus died on a Friday, on Good Friday. So that's why we don't eat meat on Fridays. And I say we don't eat meat. I don't say we used to not eat because it is still on the books. After the Second Vatican Council, the church did not do away with meatless Fridays. The church said we still hold to this practice. However, you may substitute some other penitential act in its place and then eat meat. So if you do not do a penitential act... I'm not doing that. Now you know. Starting You've been fine until now. (laughs) You've been fine until now, but now now there's the burden of of sin that comes with this. So so you have to do something in exchange or you abstain from meat. Now the bishops of England and Wales, a couple years ago, they just went back. They negated that ability to transfer something. So now it's just in England, you have to abstain from meat on Fridays. You don't have the option of doing a penitential act in its place. So that's and, the norm. And, and, and the hmm. meat, the reason why it's meat is because it all stems from fit, meat was more of an exotic type well, thing. Meat, it's, it's, it's back in for, the day and fish was a common. It's more of a, a luxury, you might argue, than uh, the prerogative of the more well-to-do, uh, or it was reserved for special or celebratory occasions for solemnities. It was not necessarily an everyday item. Now it is the staple of, of how we live. Now talk about um, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday because there's there's a lot more lot more rules involved with those two days. What what are the rules for those who are? It's always over fourteen years old. No, for Ash Wednesday, it's eighteen to fifty nine is fasting. So everybody has to abstain from meat from fourteen older on fat, Fridays during Lent and Ash Wednesday. Yeah. And technically, Good Friday is not during Lent, but we throw that in there, too, because technically Lent ends with Holy Thursday. So um, you have Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. We we fast for those who are 18 to 59 Catholics. So that's so we fast and abstain. So no meat and then no snacking between meals. So you can eat three times a day, one regular meal of those three, the other two cannot not, equal exactly. a full meal. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and the point behind all this is, is it's not suffering. It's to prepare ourselves for the ultimate sacrifice, what Jesus paid the price for well, on, on well, Good Friday. It's and about course, self-denial. It's about self-mortification. And those things about when we deprive ourselves of things when channeled in the right way, you know, sacrifice in and of itself what I mean, what's the point? It's the idea it's sacrifice to bring us into greater relationship with the Lord, to seek the grace of God, to help us in the struggle against sin and temptation. That's the whole point. Our sacrifice should be channeled towards something. It should be channeled towards helping us to grow in our discipleship. So that's it. Just this, doing these things for the sake of doing them doesn't do any good. And I think you brought up a good point because f- for me, when it comes to Lent, I don't know how you I'll ask you, Amber, is I always think, what am I offering up this Lent? And it's usually treats or it's pop. Cause I mean, I'm from Juliet. It's pop up there right down yeah. here in central Illinois. It's soda. Who calls it that? Uh, <laughs> you people from North of I, Andy, I tell you. you people, <laughs> you people, you people yeah. keep going anyway. Um, but you know, it doesn't have to be offering up s- something. It can be doing something increase your prayer life, maybe go to daily mass, 
pray the rosary, uh, do acts of charity, uh, t- use your time and talent and resources in different ways. But, and, and maybe just don't think of, I'm going to deny myself something. Maybe I will help someone else. So th- that's something I got to get out of my mindset of what am I going to offer up this year for well, me? How do, how do you typically do it? Amber? Yeah, same. I, I do exactly what you say, pretty much sweets or wine, whatever's going out the door. Because I find that like you hear the give up gossip or give up negativity, give up all those things. I find I can't measure that at the end of Lent. And like, I do have this thing, like I want to feel the sacrifice and it's very hard to feel the sacrifice of giving up negativity. Like that is something that's not as tangible as like when you fast on Friday or give up sweets for that long. I always love that though. We're going to give up gossip or negativity. It's like, but that means come Easter, you can go back to that. <laughs> so like, no, it's like, give it up forever. I mean, it's just like, no, I mean, those are whole things, but it's about doing what you should already be doing. I remember when my first assignment, when I had mass with the school kids on Ash Wednesday, I talked about the idea of doing what you should already be doing instead of just, you know, picking something to give up. And I, I, you, you would have thought I'd spoken heresy to some people because they're like, <gasps> I mean, but so, but that's the whole thing. It's like, you can give up all you want, but without that desire to change, it's the whole point. I don't get on, I want to get on my soapbox about Ash Wednesday. Hey, have at it. Ash Wednesday, you talk to the priests who have served with me and it just, it, it, it drives me crazy though. Ash Wednesday is a beautiful day, but it's the biggest day after Christmas. More people come to Mass on Ash Wednesday than come on Easter Sunday. And it's not a holy day of obligation. Right. We shouldn't even say Christmas. Everybody comes to Mass on a Christmas Eve. Hardly anybody comes to Mass on Christmas Day anymore. Yeah, Ash Wednesday is not a holy day. And people are obsessed with getting what is, in essence, less dirt on their head. And I tell people very politely, sometimes kind of in your face, it's like, you know, if you are not here with a desire to convert, with a desire to change your life, if we are not seeking the grace of God to make us new, then we're wasting our time because this dirt that's been blessed, we're going to put on your forehead, it's not magical. It's not going to do anything for you, nothing. And if people are more concerned about ashes than they are about receiving the Eucharist, you're missing the whole point. Bishop Abraki will tell the story about one time when, before he was our bishop here when he was up in Chicago, um, some man running down the communion line. He gets at the very end. They're finishing up, and Bishop Rocky holds up the blessed sacrament with the host as the body of Christ. He goes, well, I don't want that. I want ashes. Oh, jeez. Well, it's like, well, those ashes are not going to help you. Well, you know, the other thing to is— To get to eternal life. And, you know, I've gone—when when when previously I've gone to your noon mass at the cathedral for Ash Wednesday, and unfortunately you see a heck of a lot of people right. leaving mass after they receive the ashes, which shows that's why they were there the whole well, time. when I was in New York one time— um, the, there was this gigantic line. I assumed it was the gigantic line to get into church, which was super confusing. So you don't really see that very often. And so I get in it and then someone finally says, Oh no, this is just the line for ashes. They literally just gave ash. You stood in line, got ashes at the door and yeah. walked out. Well, we'll get phone calls. When, but that when, was a Catholic when, church. When you give out ashes at mass, <laughs> when at mass at mass, <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it can be mind-boggling, but it's just— Well, it's, it's a reminder for all of us, I mean, to put put priorities where they belong in our Catholic faith. Right. As long as we're airing our grievances here for this, uh, we'll call it Lenten special podcast. Um, I, Good Friday to me, I, it should be a holy day of obligation. Now, I understand, you know, the Good Friday—it's it, not a Mass, right? A good Friday liturgy, would no, that be the word? Yeah, it's called the Liturgy of the Lord's Passion. I understand it, it needs to be on Friday at— 
It can only be between what, 3 p.m. and... Ideally, it's at 3. It can be done for past reasons. It can be done a little bit earlier or it can be done in the evening. So, but, okay. Yeah. So obviously there's a, there's a very finite time window and people have jobs and people have lives. So I, it, there, I get that. However, Jesus died on the cross for us. I mean, there's the crucifix that hang above our altars all throughout our Catholic churches. Essentially, the, if, if, if the Eucharist isn't the symbol of our faith, the crucifix is the next thing, or maybe it's one, one A, one B, you flop between the two. There it is, our symbol of our faith, Jesus dying on the cross. And not a lot of people go to that liturgy. And, you know, so perhaps maybe if you're listening to this right now, if you don't go to that, maybe that is part of your Lenten uh, promise, you, if you will, to God is I'm going to go to Good Friday or Holy Thursday, which well, is also very beautiful. And that's always a great frustration. And it's different, different but to really to make that journey when Holy Week comes. I mean, people come to get their palms. So it's, I mean, sometimes it's kind of like, we talk about the pats, palms, ashes, and throats, or the blessing of St. Blaise coming up. But, so you come for your palms, but make that journey. I mean, yeah, come to Palm Sunday, but then make the journey Holy Thursday to Good Friday. And and dare I say it, come to the Easter Vigil. Yeah, it may take two to three hours, but— I mean, it will. I mean, it will. Definitely. It's beautiful. It's dark. The candles, everything's very— It's the most solemn, sacred night of the church here, far more than, than in the church tradition than Christmas Eve. But it's the night when the Lord Jesus Christ broke the chains of death and rose to new life and invites us to share in that same life, too. I mean, that's what this whole life is ordered to for us, is getting to that reality. But yet... What are, we, what are you supposed to do with your uh, palm branches once you receive them? I, I, was, I stick them behind pictures or crucifixes. I sometimes put them under beds or couches. Is that all? Growing up, we always put them behind crucifix. We had a crucifix in every room. My parents still do. Um, and I always put the blessed palm kind of just behind. Some people do different things with it. So some people weave their little crosses. So, so you can uh, kind of put them uh, where yeah, you want to. as long to. as you There's... do something, because it's a blessed object, you have to be respectful about it. Yeah. Okay, so really quick on that. So you're, every year you bring your palm branches back so they can be burned for the ashes. Well, yeah, not a, a lot of parishes don't do that anymore. Some do, some don't. Mm. And at the cathedral, we have enough ash to get us until the Lord returns in glory. So we don't burn palms at the cathedral. Yet. Where did you pick up all this ash? <laughs> so yeah. we, it's, we, Amazon? We have, no, it's from, I don't know, but we like have an ice cream bucket. It's from wow. full, of it's full of ash. So, um, so I tell people, it's like, please don't bring palm branches to us because what I'll do with them is then I take whatever we have. Either we burn them in the Easter fire or I tell people if they have it at home, you could take that palm and you can put it in a garden or someplace where people won't walk, but where that will go back to nature. Or you can cut it up and put it into a potted plant. So, but giving that palm branch hmm. back. So, so I and, and I wanted to bring that up is that's a reminder for all blessed objects. You you cannot throw them in the garbage. No. You either burn or bury, correct? Uh, yes. I'm going to be honest. I learned that off the, our Hey Father series. <laughs> so, well, hey, that's good. What about, and, and we're getting a little off topic here. I'm thinking holy cards. I, I, I struggle with putting a whole, you know, you get so many sometimes and it's like, I, no, I don't want to. Where are you getting holy cards from? You know, like like with saints with prayers on the back, you know. like People you, giving these yeah, to you? People giving it to you or you in church. My mom gives me a bunch all the time and like holy reading. I feel guilty throwing those in the recycling bin because those are not blessed objects. But am I okay? It's still, still a sacred image though. So so am I, am I, I just, did I just increase my time in purgatory? Hey, if, if you're all right throwing an image of the Lord or his blessed mother <laughs> in a recycling bin, I mean, that's... Uh... <laughs> 
you then? Because of that, I'm going to send them to the cathedral. And you can burn them and add them to your ash. Your, That's fine. Your ash full of ash ice cream. Wallpaper your office. That's fine. So what am I supposed to do with those? Did I, bear, I burn those or bury those as well? Mm-hmm. Man, I guess I got to start like a big pile in my backyard. My kids do like digging in the backyard. Maybe I can just get, make them a project. There are kids. Dig a hole, put these in there. All right. Well, this has been the Impossible Whopper. Uh, good luck this Lent. Wish you all the best. Uh, this has been Dive Deep. If you like more podcasts, go to dive.org slash podcast. And uh, overall score, Impossible Whopper, I'm going to give it a 6-2. I'm a 5. 5? I mean, it's fine, but you might as well just eat a regular Whopper because I think if you look at the, compare the, what's in it, and all, I, I don't know. I, I Yeah, it's better than starving. <laughs> we'll leave it on that. We'll see you next time.